Hey, everybody. I am here today with Craig Adams. And if you don't know about Craig Adams, you should know about Craig Adams because I feel like you've exploded into the hiking video thing. I mean, how long you've been doing videos? Probably for a while, right? I've the been doing videos. Video, videos for a while, but the hiking is almost two years. So just two over, years. over a year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I don't know when, maybe maybe six or seven months ago, you just show, start showing up on all of the recommended videos all the time mm. when I was doing hike research. Mm. Um, and now everyone I talk to you is like a fan. So um, very, very cool. So if you're not familiar with Craig's videos, check them out. I will put a link um, underneath this video so you can check out his channel. But if you don't know, they're different than my videos in the sense that it's more of a story of the video. That's how I, when I watch yours, you're telling a story hmm. It's a narrative of, of your adventure, right? Whereas mine is a little more, um, a little more brass tacks where I'm telling people to go left, go look right. This is what you have to look for at this point. So I, I really enjoy watching your videos because I can, I've done enough hikes that when I'm doing research and one of your videos pops up, I can kind of decode it into what I need to know to navigate. And then when you have the section at the end, that's really helpful too. But um, for the folks out there who have not watched your videos or, or seen your channel, what, uh, what would you best describe it as? Yeah, there's so many different ways to do it. The one thing that we all have in common is that we just want to get out there and hike and then capture it in some way. And like you said, like you can go down different routes and none of it is right. None of it is wrong. It's all good. It's whatever you want. Yeah. Um, there's a way to like reverse engineer and try to supply something that your audience is expecting, but what you promise them in the beginning sets that. So I started off kind of making silent videos and have kind of fallen into that genre. But the first half of my videos are silent solo hikes traveling by myself. I would say I am a character. It's interesting that you say it's story driven. It's kind of just like the same story over and over again. I go off into the, <laughs> the woods, I find some peace, I accomplish some goal as far as a peak or a pass or a loop, and then I come back and I celebrate with a burger or something. Um, yeah, it's That's interesting that you does. say that. It's what everyone yeah. does, yeah. Um, yeah. Lots of different ways to share that, though. And then the guide aspect afterwards is something that I kind of attach to that inspiration section. And I don't have to, you know, that's, that's the joy. Like you can do whatever you want. So how, like how you described your videos as different, like how did you even fall into the template that you're making your videos? Yeah. Well, when I first started my website, um, I started hiking here and I had no intention of being a content creator. I had another job. I owned a digital agency and people would ask me, you know, how do I do the Mount Baldy hike or how do I do this? So instead of sending an email every time and writing it all out, I figure, let me just throw this up on the website as like a step-by-step. Because um, the people I was giving it to, I knew wouldn't be able to sort of, or wouldn't want to spend the time to decode a guidebook kind of, you know, version of it. So I just did these step-by-steps and eventually other people found it um, through the, the magic of Google. And then I started doing videos to, to supplement it. Um, and because my webpage was, was a POV, like, you know, here's this junction, you want to make a right here. The videos just sort of fell in line with that. Um, 
So, and that's just how I've been rolling. So, so blogging, right? Yeah. It's, it's more of like, uh, I look at it as a guide, right? It's like mm-hmm. when I, when I approach these guides and, and each video I do has like a really long web page that has maps and notes on the hike and everything. But when I do it, I look at it as how would I explain this to a friend of mine? Hmm. Like how would I help them navigate this hike as opposed to, um, you know, what was my experience like? Okay. So giving them the confidence and the information that you kind of wish you had to go on this hike. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's been the whole impetus for, for my stuff is that just sort of by chance, I'd get these emails when I had first had the site up and, you know, people would have a lot of anxiety and a lot of apprehension about going outside. I mean, if you watch the news, you know, you're going to get attacked by a mountain lion. You're going to fall off a cliff. There's going to be a helicopter. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a whole thing um, for people who aren't used to the outdoors. So I wanted to just demystify hikes, give people as much information as possible um, so that they could go out there and enjoy it and know what to expect. Uh, so that's that's been the approach as opposed to, you know, what I would consider like telling a story about my experience there. So people care because you're solving a problem for them. You know, you're just providing a solution to a problem that they have. But is that necessarily like, what's the joy in that for you? Is it just knowing that you helped someone like treating all these strangers like they're your friends? Because you mentioned you would do this to help out a friend. Yeah, well, I mean, it's twofold. The, The first is I do this full time, so I get the hike for a living. So that's pretty cool. Um, and I love hiking anyway, but yeah, I, I love, I love helping people and I love, you know, meeting somebody in the trail and they'll be like, Oh man, I read your guide for this, or I saw this and it helped me a ton. Thank you. And we're getting emails like that's, you know, that's just magic for me. So. Hmm. Okay. So that's kind of ego driven. It makes you feel good to know that you might, you know, seem a little more important to these people or someone that they look up to. The, the grateful aspect is a nice feeling, but it's, yeah, it, it's kind of ego, right? Um, maybe. I mean, I don't really think about it that way. It could be, but I just like <laughs> These are all that. things I'm thinking about. So some of these questions are more to yeah. help me. <laughs> yeah. And you said full no, I mean, time. I, so do you have a separate job or is this it? This is it. Oh, wow. This is it. So I had a digital agency. Um, and, and my partners and I kind of got out of that a couple of years ago and I've just been doing this full time. I, I timed it perfectly to coincide with COVID and massive forest fires on the West coast. So mm-hmm. that was a bit of a, a hiccup, but, uh, but yeah, no, but to, to get back to the, the whole idea about ego, like, I don't think there, there's definitely something when you start doing this, where you want to get, like, it feels good to be noticed right mm-hmm. it, it's 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 a perk and that's why i see it i mean i'm a little bit older i kind of it's easier for me i think to put things in perspective than it would have been you know 20 years ago if i was doing this but you know it's just it's just incredibly satisfying not necessarily to have people look up to you but to know that because of a video somebody watched for even like a short hike right like a hike to the hollywood sign i get I have a guide for that on my channel, like, I don't know, five miles round trip, urban Griffith Park. Mm-hmm. But you'd be amazed at the amount of of just confusion or anxiety or apprehension about getting on the trails for somebody who's never done it before. 
And to get an email, it's like, hey, I just read this. It was super easy. We got there. We had a ball, blah, blah, blah. It just, um, it just makes you feel good that you're getting people out there and you're exposing them to the outdoors because, you know, I think ultimately, I mean, a little preachy, but I mean, ultimately, the more people we get out on the trails and out enjoying nature, the more advocates for nature you're going to have. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the more trails and the more, you know, public spaces and all of that good stuff. So every every time we can get somebody out there or inspire somebody to go out, whether they're going out and they're creating or just going out and enjoying something based on what we've shared, I think that's ultimately a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've spent a lot of time just reflecting on the why of all these things. Like, why do I do this? Why do I do that? Why do I have to do or why do I feel the need to do this? And yeah, it's. You do get a good feeling when people stop you on trail, but I feel like as that happens more and more, it's going to get old. And then also reflecting on why it feels good and uh, realizing that I kind of don't need it. And the more that I I honestly care what other people think, good and bad, it's just a never-ending circle. So I'm just trying to escape that in a sense. So trying to understand why. Yeah, we gotta you got to just not give a crap about what people think ever it's it's easier said than done but again like the older i've gotten the much it's much easier like i'm a dad i'm older i've done a lot of things in my life like i could care less like i get you know i I get positive things but i also get like negative comments i'm sure you get them people telling me i'm stupid fat ugly and it's (laughs) like i just you know i could just give a, a, a shit but um so what I've come so to understand is that it's the inflation of the ego. It's the building up of this story, this positive story that we see of ourselves. all the positive comments, all of the good feedback that we like, but don't really focus on that much that allows the negative, the takedowns to actually hurt us when it happens. So it's like, it's not just the haters. It's not just the bad feedback content. That's the problem. It's, it's like caring about the good stuff in the first place that allows you to be knocked down uh, after the fact. So yeah, this is the going deep. This is a, a long-term <laughs> goal that I'm like developing in the future, but it's, it's a funny rabbit hole to go down. Uh, just talking on like being recognized on trail is like the start, yeah. the foundation of this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't get, I, I just, I genuinely feel good that it's like, it's helping somebody. Like I don't really, I don't know. It doesn't really matter to me. Mm -hmm. otherwise um but that's you know it's everyone's different and you gotta have like a you know i guess you gotta have like a perspective like why are you doing this like are you are you just doing it to yeah share your story are you doing it because you want to have more people know about you or or whatever it might be Mm -hmm. um and and that'll help put some context around it but otherwise you know it's just i I look at it as like i could be doing a lot of different things with my life Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I used to do like web pages for Vogue magazine and things like that. And it's like I feel much better about what I'm doing now and mm-hmm. not in the sense that that it's, you know, in a notoriety sense. But it's it's more of like, man, like we can get people outside. We can maybe make a difference overall with just how people live and how people perceive things and, and demystify the outdoors. And that's that's a good thing, but at least in my book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going through all this. It's um 
for me, you know, once you're making enough money with something, you try to get freedom and eliminate obligations so that you can do whatever you want, how you want. And then once mm -hmm. you kind of maximize that, uh, yeah, you, uh, try to find something else. I guess that's where I am right now. Um, cause it's interesting that you say you're making enough money, uh, with hiking. Like what are the main sources of income from the content that you're creating? Yeah. So the, the bulk of what I get coming in is definitely not YouTube. I don't have like a ton of subscribers, but I have, um, affiliate links. So, uh, you know, I, part of what I do is I test out gear and I'm not, there's a ton of guys. I'm sure you've seen the videos on the internet, like five reasons why you should never use this backpack and all these kind of crazy gear things. Like I don't, I don't necessarily like doing that, but I do like having cool gear and I like having like just enough really good equipment to go out there and be able to hike and, and enjoy myself. Not too much. Um, so I end up just testing things and that sort of dovetails into the hiking because like I might go through, I don't know, three or four pairs of shoes. Right. And I find, okay, this one works the best. I think this will be the best for most people. And I recommend it. And that's generally how I make my money, but I don't necessarily do like a review on it. Like where I'm talking about the uppers and the soles and everything. Like I just test them. I use them a bunch. I update people and I say, this is a good shoe. If you need a shoe, this is a good shoe. And I guess people would look at that and probably corroborate it maybe with, with reviews online or whatever. And then if they click on it, I get a little percentage of that. But. Okay. So the bulk of that is coming through the blog articles, the guides on your website. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's generally how I do it. And I also have a couple bucks um, saved to kind of, which helped out during COVID just kind of get me through hmm everything but that's that's how i'm doing it what's um, what's the half-life so of working. blog articles do you feel like um are you able to check the stats to see if there's like a, a second wind at some point like you may make an article and it has the typical amount of you know views or attention or clicks and then for some reason you know three years later this trail gets really popular and you start to see like a 300 percent increase in, in uh generation do you see that or yeah. are you tracking or are you able to? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely tracking. I mean, I, a lot of my stuff is evergreen. Um, like I might get a bump like that. Like they might mention, like I might get a link in, I don't know, like LA times or something like this weekend, hike Torrey Pines in San Diego and they'll put a link to my thing and I see a bump, but, but otherwise the guides are pretty much there all the time. There's always people going to hike Torrey Pines. There's always people, new people looking, um, so it's a slow so, snowball. Oh, it, very, just very slow. it just builds. <laughs> it just builds yeah. and builds on it, itself, and yeah. it's just like collecting slow amounts of royalty. But if you get enough of a portfolio up working for you while you sleep, it actually turns into an income after months, years. You know, it's exactly. I started people, this in 2013. People, yeah, yeah. People underestimate, yeah. especially the new hikers that are that reach out to me asking for advice. Like their time scales are all off. Like, the, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting too, because I see like online, if I'm doing research on a hike and, you know, I might see somebody who's popped up and there's like a very formulaic kind of um, way to do things like where you offer an ebook if people send sign up with their email address. And there's like, it's these things that you hear on marketing podcasts that I used to listen to years ago where 
you know, it's sort of a give and take with your content. If you get your, your, your uh, email or you click on this or do that. And like those things never do well. And I, I think people kind of come at it the wrong way. Like, I think if you want to do this, you just need to do it because you love doing it. Like it's, it's, if, you know, I wouldn't come at this, like when I started doing this website, it was because I loved hiking and I loved helping people experience the trails that I was doing. It wasn't because I wanted to make money. Mm -hmm. And this was for years until, I don't know, for eight years, this was a hobby. Mm -hmm. You know, this is something I did on weekends or I got up super early and I knocked out a guide or two before I worked. Um, and it just happened that it worked out this way. But um, if you don't love it, don't waste your time doing it. So I would describe this as setting expectations. Most people's expectations are too <laughs> high. And yeah. if they're doing something to make money or they're doing it to get a certain amount of attention, they have this, uh, this success metric in the back of their mind. Most people, probably 99%, are never going to hit these artificial metrics uh, when they're starting out. So when you're saying, you know, it has to be a passion, it has to be something that you love, that's a low expectation. You're just going to keep doing it because you love it. You're not going to give up and feel discouraged because you're not succeeding with the endeavor. Like you're succeeding by just doing it and having fun. And those are the exactly. people who just keep on trucking and keep doing it. And the snowball builds and people start to trust that you're going to remain on the platform, you know, satisfying the promise that you're making them by uploading the content that you're promising. And that's the success, you know, that's yeah. it. Exactly. I mean, you hit the nail, hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to explain to people like I, I love to work. I love to do these guides, whether I'm hiking or I'm writing a guide or I'm like updating some kind of aspect of the, of the website. Like I just, I love doing it. I, I can't, like, I don't need hobbies. Like, I, I just love doing that. I do do other things too. But like, I think about, okay, I'm going to get up tomorrow morning. I'm going to finish off. I'm writing a guy for the, the trans Catalina. Like, I'm excited to write about that. I'm excited to like dig about this, like little soapstone quarry that I found that's from the native Americans from 2000 years ago. And I'm going to do some research and I'm going to give people like a glimpse into like what it was like, you know, when those people, um, quarried out these bowls and just give little, little tidbits in the guide hmm. to make it more interesting. Um, but I love it. I, I love like digging deep on a hike and really understanding it and almost it, it's like being a tour guide. That's what it's like. And in, in some ways from, from my perspective, um, which I, I like doing, I was actually a tour guide in New York city, a licensed tour guide for years when I was younger. Jeez. Okay. On the bus, on the bus or walking around? Oh, wow. The bus. <laughs> I did both. I used to do walking tours and the bus. Yeah. Wow. Did you have the, like yeah. the radio headphone things that I see everyone has now or no? Cause like no, everyone's listening. Okay. So it was just yeah. yelling. <laughs> you were yelling. It was, it was a microphone. It was like okay. being like a lounge singer, you know, it's like, hmm. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to New York that kind of thing. Um, yeah. People love the in-person thing because that's kind of why it's successful. Like technically you could probably just do the guide as a video and get the information like perfectly edited and executed very dense. Like you could probably do like an hour tour and probably a 10 minute video and get the information across. But that that's, that's kind of like kind of what we do. We're automating this guide experience. Like instead of 
having to talk to everyone and explain how they should go do and hike, you're just automating the process by making that a piece of content online accessible by anyone, anytime, as many times as possible. Um, mm-hmm. And for gear, that's that's kind of how I explained why I did that in the first place. You know, if you make yourself available online, people are going to ask questions like, what tent should I have? What piece of gear is this? Um, and it's exhausting to answer every single one-on-one DM, every tweet, every email. Yeah. So once you get one question over and over again, like it makes you kind of make a video just to answer that in an automated form. Uh, is yep. that kind of how you fell into the gear, like review aspect yes. or? hundred percent. Yeah, that would, I get questions all the time, um, especially about GPS units hmm. and it's technical. And I ended up, you know, it, it felt like I was. Um, like solving a computer problem for like, somebody's grandparents, like over and over again. It was you know, like a hamster wheel of like a computer won't turn on with with different things with like GPS units or Gaia GPS on the iPhone or something like that. So I just um, I just try to head that off. I also get questions a lot, and I'll, I'll like you said, do a video or just do a post just to answer that and kind of head it off. And it's it's good in a way because you're you're there's obviously a need for that if people are asking for it. So, you know, it, it can be helpful, but it also, it's a nice balance between, um, I think interacting and, and being overwhelmed with interacting with, with your, your audience and having time for yourself. Hmm. Okay. So I have a question about your content. How did you find the balance of how, how many times you, uh, create a post or go on a hike or just do any work? Like, why do you not do more and why do you not do less? How did you find this balance? Yeah, good question. Um, I can tell you why I don't do more. It's because I have a wife and a child. <laughs> Responsibilities. <laughs> Responsibilities. I, uh, you know, if I started doing this when I was 20, I'm almost 50 years old. So if I was, you know, if it was 30 years ago, I would probably be living in a van and just driving around and, you know, digging into Yosemite and digging into Bob Marshall wilderness and glacier and Banff and making my way around the world that way. Um, but for me right now, all I do is I hike and I work on this or I'm doing family stuff and that's cool. I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, so, so it's good. And in terms of doing less, uh, you know, like I said, I, I love doing this, so I don't think like I need a break. I never get to that because between doing the hikes, doing the research, the writing, it's, it's varied enough that I feel, um, you know, refreshed constantly, but hmm. how about you? Yeah. Um, I've gone through what I would say two eras. One is share everything take all the information, all the information, like just whatever I have about my life, share it online with everyone, make it a available. And now I'm in the second phase, which is, I would say first is architect, second is engineer. So the architect shares everything like crazy ideas, make it big. And then the engineer is kind of shaving away, um, slowly quality over quantity, trying to maximize efficiency so that I'm not overworking, not oversharing, uh, not doing more work than I have to. And I guess the main metric is money. So if I'm making enough money to like uh, do what I do, uh, literally be retired and not work for anyone, just work for myself 
and save, you know, I don't need to do more work. I don't feel, I don't want to feel the need to just always make more money, to always uh, want to get more attention. So I want to shave that away until it's the correct balance, which might be a lot fewer uploads, a lot less sharing, a lot fewer life updates, um, not even feeling the need to talk about the gear, the tools that I'm using. Um, yeah, it, it's like a, it's like a dying star. <laughs> but I think it's a good thing because I'll be able to focus on other things that I'm more interested in and not feel the need to share, you know. I only feel the need to share because I make an income from it. Yeah. Yeah, I I I'm pretty good with that just because I'm lazy. Um <laughs> I really have to push myself to like post something on Instagram. I mean, I put the guide up, I'll blast it out, I'll say, "Hey folks, I have a guide here." But otherwise, I'm kind of like, nah. like I don't, I don't, I don't browse or use social media personally outside of the work. And it might just be because I've worked in that industry for so long that I'm just kind of over it. But, um, but yeah, that's that's a thing. Like finding that balance and finding finding where that that right place is. Um, so you're producing content. Where do you consume content most? And if you do any hiking content, is it on YouTube or do you not watch hiking videos? No, I do. I I mean, I read books. It's kind of like old time. I just read books and biographies of people I like. And that's, that's really, and occasionally I watch television with my wife. Um, and uh, that's about it. Like I don't, do anything else when i research for hikes i'll watch some videos but generally be, because i'm creating a guide that i know potentially might people put people's lives in risks if they like sort of interpret it wrong it sounds dramatic but mm -hmm. i like make sure i really know the hike before i go and i tell people to do it so that usually means doing the hike once without documenting it just taking notes and figuring things out and then doing it again where i shoot it um and, and, you know, take pictures and do everything I need to do just so I feel good about it. And sometimes in that effort, I'll look at YouTube videos, I'll read guidebooks, I'll obviously look at maps and everything. Um, and I kind of geek out on that a bit. Like I'll look at the history and just see like, is there anything on the route that's, that's peculiar, interesting that, you know, if I was walking past this pile of stones, like would I just walk past it? If I knew it was a ancient quarry that was like 2000 years old or would I like go check it out? Hmm. Yeah. Um, so it, it's good to do research when you're hoping to do a hike because it helps to pre prepare you and keep you safe and do it efficiently, you know, have the correct amount of food, yeah. know where to stop, know where the water is. But how do you balance that with spoiling? Do you, do you ever feel like you're spoiling the beauty? the adventure part of it um yeah it's a good question I, i've gone through like fits and starts of, of that thought in the past but i just sort of focus on like th this is a guide i'm doing this to help people i'm gonna have fun Th there's always like something that's new even if i do a hike like i did the last two days i did the same hike uh in the palm springs area like and yesterday i documented it the first day i just hiked it to check the trail out and everything and each day it was different. I didn't feel like, oh, I'm taking the subway to work again and I'll be there in 20 minutes. And it was, it was, it was fun. It was an adventure. There were different animals. There was different lighting. There was different aspects of it that were enough to satisfy me. I didn't feel like it was 
boring. Um, and I don't necessarily like when I'm prepping, it, it is nice to just do something and not really know anything about it. It's that's an adventure. It's like, it's like being, you know, seven years old again and could be dangerous though. It's taking a risk. Could be dangerous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm okay with that. But occasionally, <laughs> you know, it's, it's always a treat when I hike and I don't document it. That's like the sweet spot for me. Cause then it's like, Oh, I don't have a camera. I don't have batteries. I'm not taking pictures. I'm not writing notes. I'm just like walking hmm. and I'm not thinking about, you know, I'm not looking at this trail as somebody who's going to explain it to other people. I'm just experiencing it and enjoying it. So that's always a treat, but I don't do as much of that as I'd like to just because hmm. family, child, yeah, <laughs> things like that. Do you, um, do you ever get the sense that some people are consuming at least the video uh, content uh, just as a, an alternative to going on the hike? So some people may not be able to, or maybe just don't have the confidence. You know, do you do you ever think about those people compared to the people who are just trying to prepare to do it themselves? Oh yeah, that and it didn't. I didn't really know about that until later. But as I had the site up and people were contacting me, um, people would mention that they'd say like. Hey, my knees are bad. I couldn't climb Mount Whitney anymore, but I was able to watch this and, you know, relive it. And they'll tell you about like, they'll give you like a little synopsis of what, what they saw on that hike in the comments. I don't know if you get that stuff too. Like where it's like, Oh, this brought back so many great memories. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah. and I also shoot, which is cool. I shoot in 360 now. I've been doing that for maybe two years. So I do two versions of the video. I do like a straight video where I'm, giving a little intro, just HD, and I'm doing the turn by turns. And then I have the 360 where you can pan around, you can pause it at the trail junctions, look around and everything. But um, I found, I've gotten feedback that people watch those with their Oculus or whatever, and they can just like feel like they're out on the trail, which is a pretty cool thing. Hmm. Yeah, that would be a good way to experience it. There's so many different ways to record and make a hiking video. Um, I'd say it's a spectrum of like a play versus a trailer. So you could record with 360 cam nonstop the entire hike and share like a nine hour video. <laughs> like you yeah. could, you could do that with slight, yeah. slight editing, or you could go on a week long hike and then upload a three minute video. That is just the best of the best edited tightly dense. Um, like where, where do you fall and how did you come to that conclusion? Yeah, I mean, I fall in the, the latter category, I think. I just, for me, it's about like telling people what they need to know to do the hike. So, like, I, I enjoy watching your videos because it's, I mean, they're different, but you capture because you have a, a variety of shots and like you capture the feel of a hike, right? Because you, you're you're telling the story and you're, you're showing like big vistas and you're you're hiking up the trail and you're checking this out and you're doing that. Whereas mine, it's, it's all POV all the time. So in that sense, I'll try to show people where they need to turn, where they need to be paying attention. And I'll try to include some of like the nice stuff, like this is a great view, check this out. But in general, I'm just giving people what they need to do the hike, because I know that, again, in general, that people aren't watching them like a story. People are watching them, I think, more of like, this is what I need to expect. And this is this is a helper for the guide. Hmm. Okay. Do you, so how do you, um, like the feedback you get from that, like, how do you know if a shot is 
pointless or helping? Like, do you look at the feedback in the comments or do Q and A's where people tell you what was really helpful about videos or like, how do you, how do you iterate on this template? I guess. Sure. Well, at the end, I started doing like a, a survey, a feedback survey on my web pages a couple of years ago. And that's been really good at the very end. I just say, if you found this helpful, you can help me out by answering a couple of questions. And I just ask people like, what's helpful? What's not helpful? What, you know, what would you want to see more of or less of? And, and it's been good. I, I get a lot of, you know, interesting feedback and some of it you take and some of them you don't, but I've tweaked it so much. It's, it's pretty dialed in at this point where I just know, again, I come at it like if I was explaining this to a friend how to do this hike, what would I need to tell them so that they don't like walk off a cliff, you know, mm. type thing. Um, and that's, that's sort of the guiding principle behind what's in the video. But, uh, you know, every once in a while you get an email from somebody and this, you didn't show me the, the rock that it was supposed to turn out. And I did this and, and you feel bad, but it, it's, you can't be everything for everybody, but yeah. How about you? Like, what do you decide? Like when you, like, it was interesting to watch your Whitney thing. Cause I've, I've done that hike many times. Um, and it was just, it was interesting to see like, wh what were the highlights for you? Like, what did you decide to include in terms of spots and footage and like the shots that you chose? Um, so like, how do, how do you make that decision? Yeah. I see each video, each hike as a chronological journey. It's usually up and then mm -hmm. down. Uh, if it's a longer hike, there's <laughs> up, down, up, down, up, down. Um, yeah. But I'm typically looking for two things. So one is beauty. So whatever shots capture the beauty of the place, so the best breath, breathtaking angles with the best light, the best composition, I'm always trying to get those. And then the second uh, category is just shots that progress the story and show the emotion. So whether it's, I'm tired, I'm hungry, uh, it's raining. So I'm upset or, you know, I feel really great right now. Like feel very accomplished, the aha moment. Um, yeah. And then obviously if it's redundant, I will not show it. So sometimes there will be like a section of six hours of hiking, but it's all through woods and it all looks yeah. the same. So it's kind of silly, but there's like just one shot for those six hours. But then as soon as you come out of the woods into the Alpine zone and you have all these breathtaking views and I stop to take a break to get food and water, you know, I'll probably do like six or seven shots within that first 30, 30 minutes. So yeah. uh, people don't understand as well the, the pacing uh, of the things that I do. Like a lot of people were commenting on the Whitney one, making it seem like, uh, it was super easy for me, but it was tough. So maybe I didn't yeah. do a good job as far as showing what it's actually like compared to just sharing the highlights and just my, my journey as far as like maybe, maybe making it seem a little easier and better than it actually is. I don't know about that. It didn't, I mean, again, I've done it a bunch of times, but like, it didn't seem like you made it easy. Yeah. Um, I just, when I was watching that, I knew how cold you were. That was what you didn't share until the end when you're talking about putting the heat things in your, I was like, oh man, up at, up at trail camp, it's going to be freezing. Yeah. You know, that feeling yeah. when you're just, you're, uh, you're hitting 3am and you know, it's like almost, it's oh. going to get, or it's even like one o'clock 
and you're like, I'm freezing right now and I'm shaking and I can't get warmer can't and sleep. I know yeah. it's going to get colder. Like just the, the yeah. feeling that you, know, you still have three or four hours, like even till 5 a.m., it's like the coldest point of the night. And you're like, okay, like what else can I do to increase my heat? <laughs> yeah, I was this I close. Know. I was this close to like just going out into the freezing. You know, once you get out of the sleeping bag, it's like binary cold like yeah having like okay in the sleeping bag freezing at night but i was gonna boil some water put it in my catadine and then just throw that into my uh foot box because the boiled water in like a container like just heats you up like 20 degrees i don't know if you've ever yeah. done that oh yeah that's an old trick they used to make these like rubber things in the old days or like little uh like red rubber containers that you put hot water in you know before people had like reliable heat but the Nalgene's do pretty well. I've melted some plastic yeah. bottles and, and, you know, made that mistake. Like if you just boil the water and then let it cool a little bit, most bottles will take it. Um, yeah. but yeah, we did that on Kilimanjaro and, um, on like one of the last nights, like <laughs> we had like a line with the porters, like the cook, like boiling water for every single person <laughs> because like we were just not going to go to sleep without it. Um, yeah, so I, 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 there are some things that I don't share. Like, uh, do, do you ever have moments that you just keep for yourself? The snow leopard? Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, snow exactly. leopard moment? The, the bag of money that I find in the... Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah occasionally. I mean, I, I, again, it's not... I'm so focused on when I'm out there documenting it on how I'm going to explain it and like what, what needs to be shared that I don't, I don't give myself like the mental room to really think about those things too much. Like I don't, I don't have a lot of, uh, aha moments, um, um, because I'm just so focused on documenting it. Quick question. Alan Partridge. Is that, uh, <laughs> aha. Yeah. Is that, yeah, is but that, yeah. here's the funny thing. I never, I've never seen Alan Partridge. All oh, I know great. is from the movie, the trip. So, uh, I don't know if you've yeah. seen the trip to Italy, trip oh, to yeah. Spain, um, oh, yeah. that's a strange obsession of mine. I actually saw the trip premiere in the Toronto International Film Festival, got to see a Q&A with Coogan and Bryden. So that's awesome. kind of made an impact on me. And I've seen those movies like probably three or four times each. So that's why I do that. <laughs> yeah, those are great movies. But I, I'm a big Alan Partridge fan. Okay. In the olden days, that was like a big thing. But uh, you should check it out. They're, they're pretty ridiculous, but it's it's good. Yeah, I'm sure I would like it, but it's funny that I'm watching like a, a parody of a parody of a par like doing a parody of a parody. Yeah. Of a parody. Um, yeah. Damn. So Whitney was tough, and you've done it once, yeah. or how many times have you done it? No, I've done it maybe a dozen at this point. Have you ever gone I try down, to do it down every year? Shoot. No. You've always done. But I've seen backs? people. I always do the switchbacks, but when I, I used to go in the early days, this is like 2011, mm. like everyone would glissade down the chute. Like that was just, you know, there'd be kids and, and I felt like, uh, I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go on the, so here's a secret. the switchbacks. But I went, I went down. Did it. Uh, yeah, I did it. I did not share that. Yeah. And you're alive. It was it's pretty good. dangerous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially by myself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Was there anyone else around when you did it? Or? Uh, no, I knew there were two guys who summited with me. Um, they were like, yeah, along, the, yeah they were yeah. alongside me. Um, well, they, they split up because one guy was having a bad time, 
but the other guy kind of kept up with me and uh, we actually summoned it at the same time i just didn't share it in the video um nice yeah omitting details to make it a better video <laughs> i thought you were by yourself i see the other person there you are a liar i unsubscribe um, yes yeah so those guys were not around when i did uh the i slid down and it was way more dangerous than i thought it took longer than i thought it was still faster than going down the switches but um i learned a lot <laughs> especially that there are some uh, icy patches uh, it's not all snow and it's hard to tell the yeah. difference and if you hit ice and it's like uh you you know you know how uh, oh yeah you know oh, how yeah. it's like a double diamond yeah. with no skis yeah. it's very dangerous yeah did you have to like lay on your back when it got crazy? Or? Oh, I ripped my uh, Patagonia pants because uh, I was butt sliding. And then, you know, I had the trekking poles. I didn't even have my ice axe. That was the most dangerous thing about it. So if I did That's get dangerous. going fast, I just had ice axes or uh, poles. I actually yeah. snapped one of the poles. So I've got to get that replaced. <laughs> um, I ripped my pants, broke one of the poles and had a bad time. So <laughs> didn't share this that. This is the real story. This yeah. is the real story. <laughs> Yeah. It's funny what we choose to omit and, and share though, you know, I don't know if it would have made it a better story or not. I just don't want people like, I just hate comments from people who are like, I hate the experienced and the non-experienced people just like giving their two cents when I just really don't care. Like how, how could you do that? How dare you share that? Like, I just hate it. Oh, you can't, you just have to, you just have to tune it out. I, I did a, a hike recently, uh, a guide for this place called Chino Hills uh, State Park bias. And all of this mustard grass or mustard plants, they were all in bloom, like it, incredible. Like just everywhere you looked, yellow flowers, beautiful, mm. beautiful. And it's, you know, it's one of those places, Instagrammers are out there taking pictures with their, their hats and everything. And I did a guide because people were asking me about it. And then there's comments like, it's an invasive species. You know, how can you tell people to go see this? Cause it's, it's not native. And you're like, dude, like who, it just, yeah. who cares? It just doesn't matter. There's so many different you, flavors of that, that tendency online, just people trying to tell you like what to do and, and why you should do it. And e even the most generic that it drives me crazy is, um, that idea of like, how dare you share this and get more people going there? Like well, the gatekeepers, yeah. I would call them of nature. Yeah. That's, that's the, well, to, to back up a second, like that's the challenge. I think the challenge is to totally not care about stuff. Like, you know, you, you jump in when somebody leaves something positive, you, you, you encourage the, the comments and the discussion that like makes, makes it a better story, you know, extends the story, but when it doesn't, you just let it sit and, and have it go. But that whole thing with the gatekeepers, that was a big thing I struggled with in the beginning when I first started doing this website, because I would get these really like nasty emails from people. And you're like, you're ruining this by sharing it. That was always the, mm -hmm. you know, always the core message. Like you, you are a piece of crap. Mm -hmm. You don't deserve to have a website. You're getting people killed and, you know, the whole, whole nine yards. And it, it's just such a, it reminds me of like when the, when the Vatican used to like, you know, take <laughs> books and like lock them up in the basement, like the Inquisition. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, and I just, again, I just tune it out at this point, but that's, that's a big thing. And it's, it is a valid concern that places are going to be essentially the, like the, the trails not able to handle that type of capacity. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what happened at Whitney. And now you have a permit system at Whitney. And I think that's fine. I yep. think having more people go out, more permits, that that sort of eliminates the kind of casual, like, oh, I'm going to show up and drink a six pack and throw my trash in the ground and just take off. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you have to put a little bit of planning into it. But I, I wouldn't be surprised that if there's more and more trails that go to this permitting system, which will be good because then it allows the park service to track those visitors and then they can go to their budgetary committees or whatever and say, look, you know, we had 20,000 slots for Whitney and hundred thousand people applied. Like we need to get more funding or do whatever. And, and through things like that, hopefully, you know, parks and, and outdoors recreation gets more attention. Mm-hmm. It, it's way different than most other supply demand problems that we're facing. Uh, it is a, it's a, it's a scarce resource. You know, you cannot yeah. throw an increasing infinite amount of interest in people at these national parks and expect it to just scale with the, the supply, the demand. Um, there isn't a finite amount of supply and the permit systems will get, you know, pre- eventually every place will be like California <laughs> rules, 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 mm-hmm. rules, rules. Um, and it's a good thing. And like you said, the problem is the elasticity of the supply and demand. If you, the problem is if you bring too many people too soon and they can't keep up and they can't anticipate it and, uh, things can be ruined if they're not prepared and ready for it. So, yeah, yeah. you you get that a lot here in Southern California, especially over the pandemic. Mm. I mean, just, you know, you go to a trailhead and there'd be dumpsters with like piles of trash coming out, just Mm -hmm. crazy, crazy carnage there. Um, but yeah, one of the things I want to do moving forward is I want to, I always try to like stay out of politics because you know, obviously that's a whole thing. And, you know, every once in a while, like I'll review like a piece of REI gear and people leave comments like REI is a commie company that, you know, something crazy. But I do want to get educated and, and share, um, educated about advocating for trails and more public land, right? Like how does the average hiker vote for people or support legislation or support whatever they need to in order to get more resources put towards public spaces, maintaining the trails, creating new trails. I mean, a lot of places haven't, and there's not a lot of new trail building going on. Like the majority of the trails, especially out here, were built in the 1930s by the the CCC. Like you don't have a lot of new stuff happening. So I think at some point that's going to have to happen because people are going to sort of, you know, p- people people need that connection with nature. And the more you wake them up to that, the more they're going to say like, hey, it's not right that I can't get into Yosemite or it's not right that I can't do this park or I can't do this. Mm. I pay taxes and blah, 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 all the normal stuff. Um, but figuring that out and, and empowering like the normal hiker to make decisions to get that addressed, I think is going to be um, a good thing. I just don't know how to do that. So. So do you think on the list. do you feel responsibility and is it growing as your influence grows? Mm. Yeah. Are you, I, I don't know are, if it's are you responsible are you responsible for anyone who's consuming your content to one be safe to act responsibly themselves? No. For for me I'm always like do the best you can, right? And I'm sharing this and I'm going to do my due diligence to make sure the information that I'm sharing is accurate and 
on point as far as it can be. Now things change all the time, you know, doing Whitney when you do it or, you know, maybe a month ago is a much different experience of doing Whitney in September. And it's like, I can't, I can tell people don't do this. Or if you're going to do this, you need to be careful of this or that, the other thing, but I can't stop them from going out there. And I don't feel if people do that, that's, that's their thing. You know mm, what I mean? Like yeah. we, we all take that risk when we do research, even if you just like pick up the all trails app and you're looking at the line and you're the dot on the line and you're walking around, you know, you're assuming that responsibility yourself. You're not going to say all trails is going to see their day in court when I sue them because I made a wrong turn or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, so technically, you? You, technically you're not yeah. liable, you know, you're, yeah. you're, you're treating everyone who consumes your content like yourself as an adult. Uh, but I would argue that more increasingly that's becoming less of a thing and cancel culture and just online social activism is kind of replacing the void of law and legislation not being able to keep up. And the more views, the more influence you have online, the more scrutiny there is. You know, if you make a Mm -hmm. small mistake as a large creator, it is definitely able to be attacked way more than a huge problem made by someone who just has like three views, you know? And it's kind of unfair, but it is a fact. Like if I... um, you know, if I build a campfire in one of my videos in a Colorado hike where, you know, the whole state is on a, a fire ban, um, you know, I could get in trouble by a park ranger or someone sending me an email and then they could like try to do the litigation and, and do whatever. It, it's technically nobody's business watching my video to come in between the law and me breaking the law. But more increasingly, you know, the Rangers aren't going to do anything because there's just so much going on. And they don't have that much power after the fact unless they catch you on the land. But, you know, cancel culture, all those people are going to attack you and try to reach out to sponsors being like, this person did this. How could you give them money? And yeah, I'm already starting to see that. And it, it's I'm kind of powerless against it. I think you have to accept that. And you just go with it. Like if you make a mistake, you know, if you set a do a campfire and you weren't allowed to do that, you just say that. Put a comment in there and say, like, look, I did this. Don't do it yourself. I didn't know what I was doing. I think you just need to be honest about it. I mean, there's there's always gonna be people who will like neg you because of that. You know what I mean? They're just gonna they're gonna do that. And it's just how it is. And I don't I don't know. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't give it too much heed. I would just, you know, try to do the right thing tell your story and, and not give that a loud voice. Like you got to just, again, it all comes back to like not really caring, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's tough because as you have a long portfolio, you know, people start to dig up stuff in the past as well. So like any little problem, it's exhausting and it's like kind of annoying to think about right now, but it is like (laughs) honest. It's true. It's like, you know, even flying drones in places where I, I probably shouldn't have, uh, or just like doing little things like that, just like little things. Like I just know they're just ticking time bombs. Like seriously, <laughs> <laughs> you're being hard on yourself. That's, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not like you're making videos where you're saying, go out and break the law. Like this is like, there's videos of guys and I love watching them 
but guys who jump trains, right? Ride trains around all over the place. I don't know if you've ever seen this, like mm-hmm. a GoPro. Yeah. You ride a train from like New York to Texas and it's illegal and they do it. And it's fun to watch. Like that's a much different thing if you're advocating like breaking the law or, or doing that all the time than making a mistake here and there. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't beat yourself up over that sort of stuff. You know, you see it, you correct it and you yeah. move on. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I would. There's two sections. It's like, uh, you know, how much do you care personally? Technically, you can just make whatever, turn off email, turn off any feedback, so that you just don't even see people reacting to your stuff, which is yeah. possible. You know, it's you could turn off comments on YouTube and just say fuck it all. Yep. Or yep. in the other direction, it's um, the money. They can, like I said, they can attack sponsors and they can convince. You know, I've I've had. So I've had viewers reach out to brands before and kind of tattle and uh, it's, it's hurt some relationships and it's, it's interesting to me now because as I see things scale, as I grow in influence, as you know, I just have bigger videos and more, more views and more reach, like these problems are only going to get bigger. So I'm just trying yeah. to, trying to figure out the best way forward. <laughs> Yeah, my, my, my I, Twitter's I, gone. <laughs> by the way, oh god, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I I just really just push out notifications now on social. I don't really spend a ton of time engaging Con- in the discussion. I, I know. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I noticed you have that. Q, you had the the Whitney Q and A, and it was cool. Like people were asking questions, and and hmm. it, it, I thought it was very gracious of you to do that. Um, because it's it's you know you're you're opening up a channel and, and in a way that's kind of good right because you can kind of turn it on and turn it off so maybe that's that type of thing is the move and then you don't do email and you or you don't do comments or whatever it might be yeah so the current um, the current outline in my notes that I'm kind of writing reflecting on and 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 fixing up a little bit is just this idea of how much should I be available to the audience and just to anyone online like. If you just have your email online, if you have Instagram with DMs open, if you have YouTube with comments available, technically people can reach out to you 24-7. And it's kind of a random slot machine. And if you're kind of addicted to consuming uh, and like seeing people consume and give feedback on your content, it could be a dangerous thing because you can just constantly check your phone or your your comments or your analytics. Uh, technically, like if someone views or doesn't view, it's like a binary feedback of um, it, it's feedback. Uh, so yeah. I, I'm trying to figure out, should I leave? Like, what's the benefit of leaving the floodgates open 24-7 in multiple different platforms versus just Not. closing to a very narrow time slot in like one or two platforms where people can try to get my attention. And then the beautiful thing that I'm realizing is that I can actually gamify and apply market effects to those narrow moments. And I think a live stream is a very fascinating window to say the store is open. Whoever wants to fight for my attention can. So if you have a larger reach, if you have more value to bring to the community as like a large YouTube channel and you're engaging, I would be more acceptable, like more willing to engage back. And then there's also the money. Like if people donate to have their question like highlighted instead of just the flood of, you know, huge demand of people trying to get my attention, it gamifies and it narrows when people can try to get my attention. It's fascinating. Yeah, it, it is fascinating. I mean, I think that's the key too. It's 
you know, I saw an earlier video that did like about minimalism and I, it, that resonated with me because I'm on the same page in terms of everything, digital distractions, everything. Like I, I want to have as little as possible and y- you have to, it's, it's this battle and I see it with other people too, this battle between, you know, wanting that feedback and that constant loop. And like, it's, it's like a high, it's like you're conditioned. It's like the Pavlov yep. dogs and you're just kind of like, and, and just saying no. Or I'm going to do this, and it's going to be when I want to do it on my terms, and that's that's where you have to get. It's almost it's like it's like quitting, you know, coffee or drinking or something like that. You just have to like when you get that thought, I'm not going to check the comments. I'm not going to do this. I I have I turned off my my Instagram DMs because even when you do want to engage people, just having all of these channels, it's impossible just to bump around to all of these things. I have an email up on the website, but I have like a five paragraph grumpy old man disclaimer saying, email me, you know, if, if leave you have me alone. updates on the trail. <laughs> <laughs> Get off my lawn and leave me alone. <laughs> exactly. But I just say, you know, I love to hear from people who have updates or, you know, if, if the guides have been helpful, let me know. But, you know, don't call me asking me to try out your product or do this or do that or technical support questions. And I just, I have to be, it's a challenge because people will ignore what I ask them to, you know, my boundary that I set where I said like, don't ask me technical questions about installing free maps on your GPS or something like that. And then they'll do it. And I have to be, that's a pretty flimsy filter though. A lot of people can just pass right through that filter. You got to design that gate better. (laughs) I know I'm, I'm, I'm working on the honor system, but, uh, but it, it's it for, for a large part it, it works. But I do get the random ones that come through, and I have to just be tough on myself and say I'm not going to spend like 20 minutes researching why, you know, this guy can't unzip a file of maps on his Windows Seven computer or whatever. Like, and yeah. I just put it to the side because I've told them, mm-hmm. and I just engage in a couple places and I do it I, I, two twice a week. I'll go onto YouTube and I'll just go through all the comments, and I do it when I want to do it. Um, and that's what you have to do, I think. And I think for you, I mean, your scale is much bigger. It's it's probably more of a pressing thing for you. And, you know, I, I think you just need to be, you need to be kind of vicious with it, you know, yeah. and, and the live, the live stream is, is I think a good way to, to do it. Yep. And I even questioned that there will be a point when I scale this back very drastically. I've done some experiments with, eliminating my email 100% from the internet. And I've, I've, I've gotten it narrowed down. I've gotten some people to like snoop around for me and like find the last holdouts. <laughs> if I take my email off of YouTube, pretty much I stop getting emails, which is nice. Um, yeah. I can turn off DMs on Instagram and uh, in- YouTube and Instagram are basically the only places people reach out to me. So that cuts off most of it. The last holdout is YouTube comments, which would be quite the quite the you know it'd get a lot of attention people would be a little upset if i turned off comments on youtube but it comes back to what you said like is it an addiction with positive or negative like a, a a habit that has a negative outcome is an addiction and uh am i able to like stop looking at comments and letting it affect me if it exists there or do i have to just cut it out like deleting facebook instead of just not looking at facebook kind of thing um and like realizing what is the actual benefit, like what is the good and the bad, 
and what what's amount of, of like, yeah, what's the value uh, from actually yeah. getting comments? Like, do I actually care? Is it more about people helping each other? Like, is there other ways that people can just build forums? If I got rid of comments, you know, would people just build a subreddit and just comment there? And, and every time I post a video, someone could do the work and just post the video for me. And it's kind of automating that in a sense, if I just cut it off and there's still the demand for people to be able to give feedback on my stuff and share and talk about it. But, you know, I just more and more. I just don't feel like I'm in control. I feel like it's an addiction. And I, and I think just cutting out the cancer is the best way to go about it. Yeah. When you get comments on YouTube, are they like questions about the hike or are they, is, is it all over? Is it just people saying great yeah. video? Yeah. I've got some good experience. I, I look at most of them and I would say, I would say 80% is just pointless. You know, 80% yeah. is just the same stuff in a different flavor. You question why this person even took the time to think that this was <laughs> a good idea to comment and yeah. it gets old. You know, there's no reason ever to reply to them because they're just looking for attention or validation or anything. They're just bored. Yeah, 10% is actually good. You know, it actually is constructive feedback. It's uh, someone who has a similar experience and is actually adding to the the video by making the comment a piece of yeah. advice or you know something cool. Ten percent is uh, maybe like five percent is spam, and then the last five percent is just like just haters, just people bitching, people stressed about their life, and they're just taking it out on the content. So that's how I'd break it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get. I, Maybe just because of my videos are more like, I don't know, maybe I'm grumpy, maybe it's me, I don't know. But I, I get I get a, probably half, half of the people are, are adding to the conversation where they're saying, oh, I did this and it was good, mm. make sure you check this out or do something like that. And then I just get people saying hi and it is what it is. And then I get, you know, the 5% of people calling me fat and <laughs> stupid and whatever else. Well, there's two different types of videos and I think we're, we represent those two. And it's like, you are literally creating a product to help people, the guides, the information, um, it actually would help the videos and it would help you make more money, be more efficient with the content, the product that you're solving the problem, uh, with, uh, if you got feedback, if you reflected, if you iterated, if you if you developed a community, whereas I am very blunt in the fact that I'm hiking, but I'm not like a hiker. Like I'm always just gonna yeah. do whatever I want. If I don't want to <laughs> like hike, or I'm gonna be hiking all the rest of my life. But if I want to just like not shoot the hikes, I'll stop it. Like it'll be gone. Like I'll do something else. Yeah. Um, so I'm just not interested in building a community. To be honest, I'm yeah. more of an artist and I just want to create what I want to create and I don't want anyone to affect that. That's why I don't watch yeah. hiking films. I don't consume content that's similar to mine. Um, and I don't need feedback to do what I do. Like I've gotten yeah. way past the point of making an income from what I'm doing. So the feedback that I'm getting is almost kind of just a problem. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And like I said, if they want to build a community on the outskirts of what I'm doing automated with me, not involved in it, that's totally fine. Like start a Facebook that's called Craig Adams, silent solo hikes or whatever, and then mm -hmm. just re upload or post. I don't care. Like I just, 
I get too much negative and no positive out of it. And I just want to focus. I, I think my videos are better when I just do my thing and like, yeah. Right. Yeah. That, I mean, I would say as, you know, somebody in the same ballpark, I would just turn off everything if that's not <laughs> what you're about and you just want to make, I mean, you make really good hiking videos. They're beautiful. It's, it's fun to watch. It's a story. It's coming. It's got its own style. They're great, right? Like I, I can watch a video and know it's you. I can do it in a second, you know? So if that's what you want to do, you should just focus on that because everything else is essentially a distraction then. Mm-hmm. And do do like you said, like make make a subreddit and let people discuss it in the community, and then they can, yeah. you know, people can argue like this video sucked. He started a campfire, and he was, <laughs> you know, like let 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 people hash that out. Like mm-hmm. you don't need to do that. What's important for you is to essentially create, get out there, have these adventures, and share them because that's, you know, at the core of it. Like, you know, let's say you get like a hundred people commenting on a video. There, there's what there's there's thousands and thousands of people don't comment who just watch it and you don't know what they think, but if they've watched it, they probably have enjoyed it. Right. Mm -hmm. They're watching it and they're like, this is cool. Like I want to do this or I can't do this, but this is really cool just to watch or I've did this before. And this is bringing back memories. Like Mm -hmm. that's what it's about. And that's like where you make your impact. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not, it's not in the community and like talking to people and answering questions about yeah. like the tent footprint that you used. And that's, you know, it's, and we're, you, we're, you should we're, focus we're, on we're what gonna, you do well. We're going to bookend to the first conversation we had, or the first discussion we had at this conversation about like, what is it all for? And, you know, some people might <laughs> feel like I'm a bit, I don't know, they might be turned off by me talking about these things so bluntly, but to be honest, I don't even care about that. <laughs> like this, yeah. this, uh, the power of in- indifference is kind of something that I'm fascinated with. There's a good aspect. Uh, there's a lot of power and control and, you know, you, you can kind of take control of your destiny if you stop caring about what people think of you, but just like minimalism, you can kind of go far and there are some negative effects. So I'm kind of testing the waters of indifference. <laughs> yeah. The older you get, I can say it's easier <laughs> to not give a shit. Well, yeah, once um, you have a family, it's like, fuck everyone else. It's like you just care yeah. about your tight-knit tribe. And I think that's a beautiful thing and, and something I need to – I'm just not used to. You know, I'm start, I have a girlfriend. We're moving in together in a couple weeks, and we're probably going to get a dog. Right. So I'm probably right on the precipice of these feelings. <laughs> uh, it's all over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean – just to say, you know, even at this point, like to say that when you, somebody gives you like a crazy negative comment, you're like, whoa, like it, it's still like you still see it, but you just have to catch yourself. It's like meditating. And then you have to be like, who cares? Who gives a shit? Right. Like and then you move on. Like and that's that's how it is like that. You'll always get like a visceral sort of. You know, emotion when when somebody's like really crazy mm-hmm. negative about something, but the. the the difference is you, you notice it and you move on and you don't, you don't care, you know? Yeah. We only, Um, the bad stuff that people say and do to us only affects us because we believe it in some sense. Exactly. If someone called me blue, like Craig, you're blue, like as a hate thing, like I'd be like, I'm not, so it doesn't bother me. (laughs) Like I don't believe it in any sense. So, um, and this also goes back to this idea that 
The things that bother me only bother me because I've been built up by the good things and the view, the positive view that I see of myself of like, I am this type of person and I do these kinds of things. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty awesome. I do this thing and I've got this reach and I have this power. And then if it gets knocked down a little bit, you know, that's, that's bad. So all feedback yeah. is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just, yeah. I mean, you have to like, like we said before, you just have to focus on doing the videos, tune everything out the good and the bad. Like I look at like, again, the book ends where we were like when people come and say like, Oh, thank you for doing this guide or it's great to meet you and blah, blah, blah. That's kind of like the icing on the cake. Like, it's just like a nice thing. It's not why I'm doing it. And, and it sounds like for you, like you want to create and tell the story of this. And that's like what the focus is, not necessarily community or even power right it's like if you just wanted power you'd probably be running for congress or something <laughs> well it's power Crazy to create like and express myself and having the freedom to do that but the more i look into it i even see that as on the road towards like complete indifference where why do i even feel the need to share any knowledge why do i even feel the need to educate anyone why do i feel the need to inspire um, anyone online when i could just go and experience these things myself I think it all comes from like some level of ego and you know if if I just do things purely for myself or you know extending from that my tight knit tribe and the people that I actually care about not these faceless thousands of people who opted in to re receive any content that I've gotten um that's probably healthier and I, and I would say that I'm on the road towards sharing less and uh that's not the need you know I, I, as, as, as much as I call myself an artist and I feel the need to express myself, I'm, I can see the end game is to, uh, you know, just, just help the people that I care about and, and less feel less need to be viewed and get attention. I just, I'm just, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of caught in this thing of like, just looking down the road, trying to figure out and plan um, you know, where this all is heading in the end. Cause I've seen the stories of people who just, uh, endlessly crave attention, endlessly crave <laughs> money, upgrade their lifestyle endlessly. And, uh, they don't focus on the things that are more important. So that's what I'm, that's what yeah. I'm kind of at right now. <laughs> it might be, it might we, be a little hard on yourself. We, we took the conversation <laughs> to this complete ending right here. I'm glad we talked about like actually hiking and trails and stuff a little bit at the middle there. <laughs> this is yeah. what, this is how I go. I get very existential very quickly. Well, be, before we hop off, let me ask you: like, are, is the roadmap to still do some hikes? Like, even if you turn it off, do you still enjoy doing the hikes and yeah. making the films and? Yep. Going yeah. on hikes, going, playing tennis, playing soccer, going to places with people I care about and not feeling the need to share it at all. That's the, that's yeah. the, end, that's the end game. Cause I'm making enough money when you... just through royalties and whatever I'm doing. Maybe I make one video yeah. a year, you know, I, I would yeah. love that. Sounds great. I make one dope video. I just hire a crew to film me, get it sponsored by <laughs> Patagonia or Apple or something and just live off of that and just live life. And not feel the need to get attention. Yeah. yeah. You know what you can... <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, there's that. <laughs> Sorry, Craig Adams fans. Um... <laughs> I, I know. Like, I, I, I kind of forget, like, who... The people who are listening to this, Mike, I don't know. It's kind of a... 
kind of a bummer to listen to me talk about this stuff a little bit. <laughs> if you're like That's an actual fan. It's, it's a, it's a glance like behind the, the curtain of the hiking videos, all the, yeah. the thought and the, yeah. And to what degree is it important to share these things, even to share this with my audience, yeah. you know, it's kind of weird. Okay. I, I, yeah, you, you can share with a tight knit circle. You can share with a wider, you have this power in some way you might, there's like a responsibility with it, obviously to, you know, be responsible and uh, responsibly, be responsible <laughs> to, to share responsibly. Um, but it does, you know, it does bring joy into people's lives. Like you don't have to share everything. I don't think, but if you share like an adventure that you do, it's going to inspire other people to the adventure. And if you enjoy shooting it, if you enjoy cutting it, like that sounds like, that's something pretty good to do with your life as opposed to, you know, whatever, you know, making corporate videos or something that's not so fun that don't a lot you, of other don't people have to do. <laughs> don't you dare yeah. <laughs> talk about corporate videos. World. We both know. I to live in that world. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I just watched the um, Hulu documentary on WeWork and like a large portion of that is like corporate videos that they were shooting. I don't know if you know the story, but it just brought me back real yeah. close. Like, Oh, oh, I'm yeah. so glad I'm not doing like freelance corporate videography anymore. Yep. I, I've, I've been there too. It's, <laughs> it's that, that's what you have to do when you, when you doubt what you're doing, like dialing back on the sharing is one thing, but if you love telling stories, wherever it might be on a hike or, you know, wherever you might be doing it, like think about what you would do if you weren't doing that. Or if you could just live off of what you have now, do you want to just disappear, regroup, come back once a year? Like those are all valid things. But I think if you turn the valve off in terms of your creativity and, and you're, you know, having fun doing that, then you're going to have other problems. Mm. Yep. You're right. But then even for me, I even question how much even talking about this is valid and you know i'm i'm more so of a show not tell do don't talk about kind of person so yeah like what what even is the benefit of me just talking this all out when i could just figure it out and do it <laughs> on my own you know it's like sure it's yeah. beneficial people like following the story because they gain some kind of inspiration or aha moment from like seeing the behind the scenes the secret sauce but even then i'm like uh you know the life updates the podcast the streams I have nothing but time to like walk around, read, drink coffee and think about these things. So, you know, I have a lot of time to fret. <laughs> so this is, this is helpful for me to like vent ideas, reflect upon someone with a different experience, definitely, you know, more lived experience. Likewise. And I, and like we said, I think just having a family, having a tribe is going to completely change my thinking when there's other people to depend on. I just need more responsibility for someone other than myself. I think that'll be great. For me. Great. For me. Great. Oh, famous last words. <laughs> <laughs> famous last words. Yeah. That's how it is, right? You always want like what you don't. Yeah, you know, you, you you don't have at the time, but it is it is nice having a family, and it wasn't something that I always like always wanted, or it just sort of happened, and it's great, and it's it's more rewarding than than anything than than doing the videos or anything that's out there. So, when you do get there, hopefully you will enjoy it the way I have. So okay, hopefully within. So I've got what is today? It's still April, right? Yeah, it's at the end of April. I've got the move in coming up. 
And then I've got a flight to Peru to do the most ambitious hike I've ever done. It'll be like uh, eight days doing 80 miles nice. with the most elevation I've ever done and the highest elevation I've ever reached. So there'll be a 16 and a half thousand foot pass and there'll be a 6,000 foot pass and then three 5,000 and a half foot passes. So I'm going to be isolated <laughs> by myself. You know, my, my girlfriend, and my brother have tried to convince me to get like a donkey or a horse with a guide to follow me a day's behind, but I'm definitely going to be pushing myself in Peru in the mountains. Um, and then once I'm back, I'll be moved in with the girlfriend. We're going to hunt for, you know, a dog to adopt. And then I'll just be uh, <laughs> walking around East Village Park, Tompkins Square Park with my coffee in hand for a while. <laughs> well, that, you know, that might be the good natural way to, to find that balance. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Man, I don't envy you carrying batteries up and down those mountain passes. That's man. When I think of shooting stuff and the batteries and everything, all the stuff you carry, it's like. Ugh. So you're a gear guy. Let me ask you. I've got the. Um, have you ever checked out lighterpack.com? Does that no. ring a bell? Well, you just make links with uh, Amazon and whatnot and third-party affiliates, and then just post oh, it oh, in hyperlinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that where it does the charts and everything. Yeah, I just built yeah. my uh, gear kit out for Whitney, and I am in love with it. I'm gonna get rid of my website. I'm gonna replace all of the gear links in my YouTube description just with a single link, a single pack for each video. I love it. The price, nice. the weight, the categories. It's simple. I love it. Yeah, that's the key, man. When you when you stumble onto something that makes the process or the experience simpler and better for everyone, it's like. Yeah, it's the it's the aha moments, you know. <laughs> aha, lighter pack. <laughs> Gotta get them sponsored. Um, okay, well this was good. We've been all cool. over the. We we had a bookend with the yeah, existential crisis, but I feel like we've we've covered some good ground. There might be something useful for both of our audiences here. <laughs> Hiker therapy. Yeah. Behind the scenes. Or, yeah. Well, if I'm out, well, out in you your for, area and, yeah. you, and you notice me, I'm I'm happy to grab a beverage or some food. Um, Likewise, yeah. Yeah. If you're in New York, hit um, me up. Yeah. Um and yeah, thanks for taking the time. I know uh I know you'd rather be obsessing about your comments and all the other <laughs> stuff. So it, it's <laughs> sorry to take time away from that. It's raining right <laughs> now. So you hit me at a good moment. Um, you know. Uh this is a, a, a good thing to do while it's raining, so it worked out. Awesome, Craig. Well thank you so much. And uh yeah, have fun in Peru, man. Sounds sounds like an adventure. I'm looking forward to seeing video at eleven. Looking say. forward to see if I survive. That's the that's what you meant to say. <laughs> we have an inreach, right? Yeah, it's always yeah, off. I don't know. Do you turn it on? You only need to turn well, it on if you need to use it, right? You turn it on if you need to use it. I've been doing a kind of fun thing. I've been doing the tracking and sharing it with on Facebook so that people can like track me on the hikes, like live. Yeah. Live, really? So that's, I don't know if anyone really cares. But, uh, that's yeah, a free option? You can share it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think you need to bump the plan up to the second one, and then you can send 10-minute tracking intervals out. Hmm. Um, but I post it up there, and then you know you could see every 10 minutes my little dot moves down the trail. Hmm. That would People be good. say they like it, but... And that, that's even neat. better for emergency situations if you literally like hurt yourself so that you lose it or something. I don't know. Something. Yeah. That, that's um, why I do it because I'd share that with my wife. And if something happened, if I had 
you know, a heart attack or something, I'm like laying there, you know, I'm not going to hit the preset SOS. Thing yeah. At that point. Interesting. Okay. Maybe for this one, I'll try it. Cause I've had it with me for every hike, but I'm just like, why do I even bring this? Like even on Whitney, like if I hurt myself, I would just, just huff it all the way down. Like, you know, well, that's, I mean, that's what you'd have to probably do anyway, but I've actually, I'm not going to wait for a helicopter. Four, four, it's fun. Um, four <laughs> times I've used it over the years for other people. Oh. So I've used it twice on Whitney for other people. Wow. Uh, had altitude did they, problems. Did they bill your insurance? Because <laughs> you, you have to pay for the GPS data, and then there's also like insurance plans on top of that, correct? Yeah, but not everywhere charges you for an evacuation. Only oh. some places do that. And it, a lot of times it's only if you're like ne really negligent in a very explicit kind of way. Hmm. Um, so in this case, I was I was on those 99 switchbacks. There was a woman who was like vomiting. I mean, she obviously had really bad altitude sickness and she couldn't even move. Oh. And like I couldn't carry her. Like I knew they'd have to have some sort of evacuation. So I just hit the SOS on my inReach and I texted back and forth. I let them know where I was. And then I turned the SOS off and they sent the ranger or whatever. So, hmm. so that was good. Yeah. Yeah. I've got this thing. I don't even know how to use it though. <laughs> I have a whole big fat web page that you can read about it on, show yeah. you how to use it. Yeah. I should definitely check it out and uh, make sure I'm, I'm safe for this next hike. Cause this is when it starts to starts to matter when I'm out there by myself, like even going down the slalom of Mount Whitney, I'm like, what am I doing? Like gotta be smart about this. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's when you get older, you get you get more pragmatic about that. But it would <laughs> be bad for him to die in Peru right before you're supposed to move in with your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, she would not like that. No, no bueno. No bueno. 